Right, the reading <coughs> is from Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. That's page 1184 on your Bibles. 1184, Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. We thank God for this reading. The second reading is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21, and can be found in your Bibles on page 1044. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you want to. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the speaking of your word, may I decrease and you increase. May every word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart 
be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In the beginning of this chapter, from verse 1, Luke makes known to us that Jesus is amongst a crowd, a crowd of thousands, to the extent that some of them were even trampling on each other. And Jesus has been teaching on kingdom principles, beware of hypocrisy, remain faithful in professing Christ, note the importance and value of each person, and don't be afraid. And in the middle of this powerful teaching, someone in the crowd interjects with a demand, not a question, not a question seeking clarification on what has been said by Jesus, but an issue that concerned him personally. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And you're thinking, what has that got to do with anything that Jesus has just been speaking about? And I wonder if we're not so different from that man. I'm listening to what you're saying, and it's important, but I've got a pressing, urgent issue. And that he needed to speak about that. And to that man, raising this in public was perfect. Jesus surely was someone that would be for the underdog. Maybe he felt cheated. And if his brother was there, was this the means of embarrassing his brother to do what he wanted? And I imagine the crowd being silenced. What will teacher say? He's regarded as a rabbi, and therefore his verdict on this matter, like a judge's ruling, will surely set precedence. For it is the Jewish custom for the older brother to get two-thirds and the younger brother to get a third of the inheritance. So was there an expectation from this man, from Jesus, that Jesus would adjudicate contrary to the Jewish custom? Because what Jesus says will not only impact this family, but everybody who has an inheritance issue with their sibling. So if Jesus says something different, can we imagine what will happen? And Jesus wasn't going to be distracted or taken away from his kingdom purpose and teaching. Jesus addressed the heart of the matter, the heart of the man. He was going to judge the issue, but not like what he thought. And he wasn't going to judge that, that man's heart, but everybody in the crowd. This wasn't going to be a Judge Judy. If you know Judge Judy, if anybody watches Judge Judy, this wasn't going to be a Judge Judy court case between brothers where the issue is real and the judgment is final. The crowd needed to hear the message of the kingdom of God. God against all kinds of greed. In case anyone cast a disapproving eye on the man for his perceived monetary greed, this was all kinds of greed to which everybody there probably had hidden in their heart. And Jesus would come to speak of what was important in life. And they used the Greek word for life, zoe, 
which speaks of eternal life. And Zoe can't be reduced and measured by stuff. It is relational, not material. It is the same life that Jesus promised in John 10.10. I have come to give life and life in its abundance. Hence he was able to say that the kin that what did you say there? Hence he was able to say about life does not consist in the abundance of possessions because it is he that gives abundance life. The heart issue of greed was illustrated further through the parable of the rich fool. I wonder if we come to this passage thinking that the Lord is against investment, retirement planning, or simply enjoying the fruits of one's labor. And that would be a wrong understanding of a loving God. Instead, I believe that we are asked, we are invited to see the longing of God who desires for us to see him as the source of all that we have. The failings of the rich man was not that wealth was acquired, but his inability to see that his prosperity was gained through the grace of God. He was rich because of the productivity of the land. The ground was what was healthy. He didn't cause it to rain. And I'm sure he had laborers. He wasn't involved in their hard work as they tilled the ground. That was their labor. And that rich man failed to acknowledge any of this. He was as one that looks perpetually in the mirror and only sees himself. He was a self-made man. It was all down to him and nobody else. In the passage we read, it is the I and the my. Jesus emphasized the self-centeredness of this man. In his mind and in his heart, he was Lord over it all. There is no I in the kingdom of God. We are stewards over all that has been given to us. And when we fail to acknowledge God as the source of the richness of our lives, in whatever forms it comes, we dishonor him. As Paul said to the Corinthians, our lives are not our own. We have been bought with a price. As James would say in his letter, every good and perfect gift is from God our Father. All that we have comes from him. Our children, our wealth, our health, our abilities, our intelligence, our very being, everything that we have comes from God. Today, as a church family, we place before God, we acknowledge Samuel's life before God, giving thanks to God for Samuel, because we recognize that he is a gift from God. It is God that gave us Samuel. It is God that gave you, Emily and Jonathan, Samuel. No matter how much you planned for him, for a child, it is God that gave him to you. He is God's gift to you. And therefore, in that gift, you raise him up in the way of the Lord. You raise him up with God's principles. Honoring God, seeing, him, seeing yourself as mere stewards over Samuel. 
So this passage invites each one of us to consider our hearts, what we value, not according to the world's view, but God. And looking at the rich man, he is successful and he is deserving of his achievements. And some may even look at him and be envious of all that he has achieved. But based on God's standard, which is the only standard that counts, he wasn't rich towards God. We are rich towards God when we acknowledge his grace and provision in our lives. Because true wealth isn't the acquisition of material things, but in our relationship with God. In seeking to use all that he has given to us for his kingdom purposes. Because to do otherwise is to be a fool. The crowd listening to Jesus would have been cut. They would have even been annoyed. What does he mean by that? All that was asked for was, tell this man to divide his inheritance with my brother. What's the meaning of all these insults? But all that was needed, Jesus spoke about, having the right heart towards God in everything that he has given to us. For life is also to be lived with eternity in sight. That man was thinking, I'm just gonna relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And the word for him, his life, the word, the Greek word for him was psych, which means possession, everything to do with here. And God is saying that I've got something better. I have Zoe for you. And you're dealing with the temporary stuff. You're dealing with possessions. You're dealing with earthly things where I have so much more to give to you. Eternal life. So I'm going to close with this. We are to be rich in God. To serve God beyond ourselves by seeing the needs of others. And a test of our hearts is how we give not just financially, but giving of ourselves. What gifts has God given to you that you can give to other people? To see that everything that we have, our very soul, is a gift from God. And that we live as caretakers of our lives. Because one day, each one of us will give an account to the owner of what we have done with our lives, caretakers of the children, caretakers of Midgate, caretakers of our bodies, caretakers of all that we have, we would one day stand and account for it to him who owns it all. So it is our desire and our prayer that we be rich in God, not just in earthly things, but eternal things with Christ, heaven as our focus. Amen.